Following the conversation of the special representatives from India and China on the 5th of July, there are reports of de-escalation. What is the current situation? Can you, Ambassador Fabian, throw some light on the future of relations between the two countries? Thank you for the question. De-escalation per se is welcome. But uh, there are some troubling aspects to what is happening. On the 16th of June, let me remind you, after that brutal killing of 20 Indian soldiers was on the 15th of night, 15th June night. So on the 16th of June, there was a conversation between the two foreign ministers and the MEA came out with a statement which made it very clear that India wanted China to restore the status quo ante. That is, in plain English, China should withdraw from wherever it has intruded into the Indian side. Now, following the conversations between the two special representatives as mentioned by you, there is no talk from India's side of demanding the restoration of status quo ante. Now, this is troubling. Let me explain. Suppose China had intruded eight kilometers into India's side. And now we are talking of de-escalation, disengagement, and withdrawal. The first two, de-escalation and disengagement, are of course per se welcome. Now coming to withdrawal, if China withdraws only two kilometers after having intruded eight kilometers, and if India has also to withdraw another two kilometers, don't forget, A, China retains the six kilometers it intruded, and little more complication, because now there is talk of a buffer zone and also suspension of patrolling by both sides, temporary we are told, but you know in life what is temporary can become permanent. So in other words, if China has gained territory, well that is troubling. But it is for the government to tell us what exactly is happening and the government's tendency to make use of quote sources, unquote, is for the citizen most frustrating. And we also find that the what the sources tell us need further clarifications from time to time. This is lamentable. Now coming to your question about the future of the relations between the two countries, my view is that 
whether China has gained a certain amount of territory or not, China has lost immensely by undertaking this aggressive action against India. It has lost the friendship of India, a friendship that would have been valuable to China, a rising power wanting to rise higher and higher, one day co-equal the United States and later to overtake it. Well, India's friendship would have been of immense assistance to China in that enterprise. So China has lost a lot. Now, in such matters in international relations, we should also look at uh, the situation from the Chinese point of view. It seems China is worried that India has got closer and closer to the United States and that too in a manner which impinges adversely on China's interests in South China Sea and elsewhere. We have heard reports that India might agree to the participation of Australian Navy in the Malabar exercises of QUAD, Q-U-A-D, the four powers, India, Japan, United States and Australia. Now, for years, India has been reluctant to agree to the participation of Australia. But now, if India agrees, that will be a clear signal to China that India has lost trust in China. In fact, by committing the aggression, India, China has violated the agreements it has signed with India, starting from the 1993 agreement to maintain peace and tranquility along the line of actual control. In short, China's loss is immense. Now, you might ask me the question, why did China do that? Well, I don't have the right answer. Maybe China may have, but I don't expect it to come out with it. Thank you so much for listening to me. Ambassador Fabian, are the United States and China having a Cold War? And if so, what could be the implications? Thank you for the question. Very, very topical. There is already a Cold War, Cold War II, between the United States of America and the People's Republic of China. Let us look at it historically. In 1949, Mao Zedong declared China stood up and Chiang Kai-shek had by then fled to Formosa, now called Taiwan. India's Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru advised President Truman to talk to China. Truman rejected that advice and permitted Formosa to sit in the United Nations 
in the place of China and also to occupy the permanent seat in the Security Council. But by 1971, under President Nixon, the United States had second thoughts. Kissinger went to China in 1971, and next year, Nixon himself went to China and had that historic meeting with Mao Zedong. Now, let's ask the question, why did Kissinger do what he did? It's not that he wanted to recognize the geopolitical reality of China, a reality which Truman refused to recognize despite Nehru's advice. No, Nixon had a different calculation. The intention was to bring in China as a countervailing force to the Soviet Union. Full diplomatic relations between the two countries, China and the United States, were established only by 1979. But, profiting from the political opening, China under Deng Xiaoping started the economic opening. China opened up its economy and, you know, soon the globalization was running high, propelled by President Reagan in the United States and Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in the United Kingdom. China profited immensely by pursuing an export-led export -led growth strategy. So that was that. Now the question is whether <coughs> China's rise, will it continue? For a long time China spoke of peaceful rise. And nobody questioned that. But by now it is clear that China no longer wants to pretend that its rise is peaceful because it has done in South China Sea, it has violated international law and it has resorted to military aggression. And the same military aggression it has resorted to at the border with India. So in other words, China's peaceful rise is over. But the deeper question is whether China's rise, peaceful or not peaceful, will continue. Well, my view, I could be wrong, my view is that China's rise is about to peak or has already peaked. Let me argue my case. China's economy may be the first to recover from the dreadful impact of COVID-19. Its, uh, you know, economy will recover its productive capacity. But China's relations with the rest of the world have worsened. And in the United States, President Trump may or may not succeed himself, but whether it is Trump or Biden, across the board there is uh, 
a recognition that China is a new enemy and has to be dealt with. India's relations with China have certainly changed because of Chinese aggression at the border. China's relations with Australia are quite discordant now. Even with the European Union, China's relations are not what they were because the European Union has recognized that China is looking for financially distressed companies and to buy them up. European Union is not going to permit that. So, while China's economy may have recovered, its ability to export and promote economic relations with the rest of the world, that ability has diminished. So, in my view, China's rise has either peaked or is uh, 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 either peaked or about to peak. Now, you asked about the implications thereof. Maybe we should talk about that in the next podcast. Thank you so much. Ambassador Fabian, are the United States and China having a Cold War? And if so, what could be the implications? Thank you for the question. Very, very topical. There is already a Cold War, Cold War II, between the United States of America and the People's Republic of China. Let us look at it historically. In 1949, Mao Zedong declared China stood up and Chiang Kai-shek had by then fled to Formosa, now called Taiwan. India's Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru advised President Truman to talk to China. Truman rejected that advice and permitted Formosa to sit in the United Nations in the place of China and also to occupy the permanent seat in the Security Council. But by 1971, under President Nixon, the United States had second thoughts. Kissinger went to China in 1971, and next year, Nixon himself went to China and had that historic meeting with Mao Zedong. Now, let's ask the question, why did Kissinger do what he did? It's not that he wanted to recognize the geopolitical reality of China, a reality which Truman refused to recognize, despite Nehru's advice. No, Kissinger, uh, uh, Nixon had a different calculation. The intention was to bring in China as a countervailing force to the Soviet Union. Full diplomatic relations between the two countries, China and the United States, were established only by 1979. But 
profiting from the political opening, China under Deng Xiaoping started the economic opening. China opened up its economy and, you know, soon the globalization was running high, propelled by President Reagan in the United States and Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in the United Kingdom. China profited immensely by pursuing a export-led export -led growth strategy. So that was that. Now the question is whether <coughs> China's rise, will it continue? For a long time China spoke of peaceful rise and nobody questioned that. But by now it is clear that China no longer wants to pretend that its rise is peaceful because it has done in South China Sea, it has violated international law and it has resorted to military aggression. And the same military aggression it has resorted to at the border with India. So in other words, China's peaceful rise is over. But the deeper question is whether China's rise, peaceful or not peaceful, will continue. Well, my view, I could be wrong, my view is that China's rise is about to peak or has already peaked. Let me argue my case. China's economy may be the first to recover from the dreadful impact of COVID-19. Its, uh, you know, economy will recover its productive capacity. But China's relations with the rest of the world have worsened. And in the United States, President Trump may or may not succeed himself, but whether it is Trump or Biden, across the board, there is uh, a recognition that China is a new enemy and has to be dealt with. India's relations with China have certainly changed because of Chinese aggression at the border. China's relations with Australia are quite discordant now. Even with the European Union, China's relations are not what they were because the European Union has recognized that China is looking for financially distressed companies and to buy them up. European Union is not going to permit that. So, while China's economy may have recovered, its ability to export and promote economic relations with the rest of the world, that ability has diminished. So, in my view, China's rise has either peaked or is uh, 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 either peaked or about to peak. Now, you asked about the implications thereof. Maybe we should talk about that in the next podcast. Thank you so much.